KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center, celebrating 50 years with you, home of the big red chair. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. We're off and running Home Improvement KMOX. Scott Mosby, 10 phone lines. Your show, question answers are yours. Any topics you'd like to bring forward, excuse me, related to home improvement, home safety, my, my golly, now home health, your own health, safety, how that interacts and mixes with or not the current state of affairs in our world today. Phone lines 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. I'm pretty excited. It's been quite some time since I've been able to come into the CAMWEX studio because of COVID and uh, vaccinations. I'm in vaccine number two, two weeks past. I'm down here with my homies, my brothers, and my friends. So, hello, boys. Welcome back. Glad to be here. So, we have phone lines right here in the KMOX studio, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. So, the topic of today is springtime. We're sneaking up on summer. Prepare for the coming warmth, weather, heat, sun, all that sort of stuff. And uh, just keep that in mind as we go forward. Outdoor living, as it was in the fall, for obvious reasons, now we're getting into reasons to gather on decks and patios, outdoors. Uh, Perhaps you're going to work in the yard like I will in the coming days. So there's so much to talk about, so many things and systems. Likewise, we just got out of a dandy whammer, wowzer of a winter. It was really cold about a month ago, and there were a lot of things that cracked, including hose bibs and faucets when, uh, you know, garden hoses were left on the outside faucet. Even if you have an antifreeze faucet, you know, that's an important thing because if you leave the garden hose connected to the outdoors, that faucet cannot exhaust, drain, get rid of the water. That water just sits there in that little pipe, and when it gets to be zero and six below zero Fahrenheit, Boy, howdy, that water turns into ice, expands, and splits that copper pipe. So just realize that's there. A little too soon, not quite time to dewinterize or run or set up your irrigation system. Even though it's underground, you still have pipes above ground that still need to remain without water in them. That's important. So it's time to, you know, get everything, maybe a bath, maybe wash your deck, wash your patio, Uh, Don't worry about sealing or painting or any of those things yet. It's a little too cold for that overnight temperatures. I woke up this morning, 32 degrees. Yeah. Whoa. I think that's uh, pretty close to freezing. You know, it was last week. I think 32 degrees Fahrenheit still is freezing of water. Well, you know, sometimes I'm a little slow on the uptake. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. My name is Scott Mosby. I'm thrilled to be here. Nice to be back in the old studio and saddle. I've been doing this remotely for quite some time. And it's just nice to be, you know, here, 3D. You know, I mean, I wasn't sure. You know, there are people and voices that I've been connecting with since this whole COVID thing began Holy smokes, home improvement. Well, all things aside, there are also places where you can go because as we get into the spring, siding, windows, roofing, doors, outdoors, what Mother Nature did, chimney caps, caps of the top of chimney flashing, all those things that ice, snow, and weather really uh, 
you know, hard winters just wear deep into them and they need attention, sometimes replacement. So if you're in a house where anything around 20 years old, windows, roofing, doors, siding, all that stuff, you may be flirting with, you know, replacement. And uh, there is a seminar coming up uh, this week, March 24th. Uh, you know, it's four days from now, the best I can do my math. And 11.30 to 12.30, it is a webinar. You can get on uh, callmosby.com. Uh, that's C-A-L-L is in telephone call, Mosby.com. And just look for seminars and see what's there. The one after that I enjoy, that's a pretty good one too. That's 10 Steps to a Successful Bathroom Remodel. We've got some good articles there that pretty much empower you. That's really my mission here on KMOX is really expose, quest, uh, expose uh, what ways are to go about Improving your house, what things you can do yourself, what things perhaps you need professionals for, how to go about looking for a professional, what questions. And for the most part, and I was chatting with friends last night, for the most part, all I do is add confidence to the things you already know. That little voice down inside your gut when you're thinking, you know, I think I've got a problem. I need to call somebody. You know, how, how, what, you know, do I really need to call if you're asking that question and you're calling me here on KMOX, chances are you need some sort of help above your pay grade, badge level, or level of skill. Then, perhaps like me, you have the skill. You can do it. You have done it. You just don't want to anymore. Just a little more than the old body's willing to undertake. Well, that's part of the topic today on the Helotech Home Improvement Show. Phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. As we go from... Uh, cold temperatures to warmer temperatures, uh, low humidity to high humidity. You know, I, I noticed uh, in in my house there's some cracking woodwork. I was kind of surprised. It's like, wow. Well, you know what? I turned the water off and I poured the heat to that house, and I we were warm and cozy. But you know what? The wind, the 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 relative humidity got so low that the woodwork shrunk. Yeah, you know, there you go. Home improvement. We can talk about that. Time to change those. Furnace filters, that's important. Time to get any kind of filters, anticipate any fountains, pools. If you're doing swimming pool work, get that work done because, uh, you know, it's going to be a very busy season. The whole construction remodeling industry is very busy. So get started much earlier than you anticipate. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We're going to come back with phone calls next here on University of KMOX. My name is Scott Mosby. This is 50,000 Watts of KMOX, and I am pleased to be with you here. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Wowzer, we are off and running. Let's go to the phone lines now and talk with my new friend, Kyle. Hey, Kyle, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help you, friend? Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, lumber prices. I I know they they went up and I stopped following it. I was uh, wondering if you knew Eric. If you're following it, do you know any information about it? I've been following lumber prices since 2008 when the economy turned down and lumber prices, you know, hit the dumper. 
And then when the economy came back, you know, 12, 13, 14, I thought, well, they're going to go up. And we're talking $314 per thousand board feet or 31 cents a board foot. You know, so for, and a board foot is one inch thick and 12 inches by 12 inches. In today's world, it's 12 by 12, and it's really only three quarters rougher mine because it's a dressed down, milled finish ready for construction. Now, I, last week, um, well, about six weeks ago, it was 941. So lumber had gone up to 300 percent and where it was 300 or, you know, 300 and change, you know, you know, a year and a half ago. Now it's 900. I think now it's come back down. I think we're 835. We're somewhere in there. Those numbers aren't accurate, but they're descriptive. So even now, after the lumber prices have moderated a little bit, we're still three times or just a little less than three times where it was normally and where it sat for eight, ten years. That's crazy. What would cause that to happen? Well, some of it was we basically decimated the U.S. lumber market here in the U.S. So there, all that tariff stuff you heard during the Trump administration, uh, the, the Canada has just a boatload of lumber, huge forestry industry, and they were uh, importing and sending it to the U.S. Well, what happened over 10, 20 years of that, uh, our own industry kind of went to sleep. You know, a lot of the forestry went um, you know, we, we weren't doing, it's kind of the same thing like oil. We, for a while there, we were buying all our oil from somewhere else. Then all of a sudden we throw these tariffs on it. Well, that just means we're not buying from Canada or if we are, we're paying a ton of tariff and then just simply, and that's probably maybe 20% of the explanation. But the reality is that increase in demand by 300%, everybody's sitting at home, you know, at Mosby Building Arts, we're busier than we've ever been. New home builders can't get product. You know, when you're buying a new home, you could have a ten, twenty thousand dollar price increase only on the increase in price of lumber in a month or two. So it's a, uh, you know, we're just buying more of the stuff. You and I want to fix up our homes. Uh, lumber is one of the biggest industries, and it's a political football here with the tariff, non-tariff, and then do we support our own lumber industry here, or do we build the off, you know, the Canadians? So there's just a, a lot of fingers in that pie, and uh, it's a big, big deal with the National Association of Home Building Builders and the National Association for the Remodeling, the two biggest industry associations for home building and home remodeling. It's a it's a big deal, Kyle. Wow. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And it's not going to get better for a while unless, you know, even when we all go back to work and the economy opens up over the rest of this year, you know, and that's, you know, and that's inevitable. It's coming with the vaccinations and all this stuff. We're getting on top of this thing. But the issue is, we still want to be home. We've been kind of wounded as, you know, like maybe I like hanging out with my family on my patio. Maybe I'll invite a few neighbors over. And, you know, so it'll be a while before we stop uh, deep investing in our homes and the recreational places we like. I mean, golf is crazy because you can play golf socially distanced. Patios are great. Homes are great. But, you know, we're going to school at home. We're, li- we're working at home. And, wow, you know, now everybody's looking at us saying, this is not working for me. I need some, you know, professional help. Let's get this house fixed. More lumber, <laughs> up go the prices. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Good question. Thanks for bringing that to light, Kyle. I'm surprised I haven't really spoken about that in the last year. It's a, it's a big, big deal. Thank you, sir.
Good day. Roger that. Hey, uh, and and again, if if you're noticing some of that, and I'm, you know, I'm an economist. I mean, I, I, Mosby Building Arts is my company, and we buy a lot of lumber. We buy a lot of plumbing products. We buy a lot of uh, paint and pro- so I mean, we buy a lot of 3D hard materials, building materials, and supplies. So this is something that's very uh, pertinent, um, and it's not uncommon. To have ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollar price escalation if you're building or buying a new home, uh, contracts typically have a price escalation clause in that, which means if you sign a contract for a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand or whatever the ticket price is, you know, uh, for us at Mosby, it has to move by more than fifteen percent in any one of those things before that triggers. We've never used that clause. But golly, we've never been. Uh, yeah, I mean, you sign a contract, you start the project three months later, and lumber's now the price went up three hundred percent. What do you do with that? You know. So uh, again, for you as consumers and all of us as consumers, be aware that in these times, and I think in the next two three years, uh, you know, as demand for services and and commodities increases, we're going to see some price escalation in many, many building materials. I know it's a daily event at at Mosby and our compatriots in the industry. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's see what happened with my other buddy, John. Hey, John, good morning. How can I help you, my friend? Yes, sir. I just want to review something you said a couple years ago, and I haven't been using it uh, lately. This uh, Rodex septic system treatment for i got an old uh, drain in my kitchen that's starting to run slow again so i've been putting this in about once a month but i haven't done it in a while so how do you use that and uh i don't have a septic tank now this is on a sewer right right well here's uh and if you uh read the 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 thing it's for a septic tank if you call red x they don't know what i'm talking about all this is is a bacteria that eats solid waste loves grease loves bacon fat loves skins from apples loves everything that goes down a kitchen sink and a toilet so right what I'm after is instead of dumping it and flushing and, and copious amounts of water that get it out to the septic tank, which we don't have, just put a little yeah. bit and think chocolate milk here, John, a uh, tablespoon in a big warm glass of water, mix it up in powder form. Or if it's liquid form, you can dump it right in the pee trap or the toilet, uh, flush the toilet once, run the sink about, you know, four or five seconds only because you want that. Uh, uh, bacteria to grow down in the P-trap. But if you're running with a slow sink, you may need to pull that P-trap off below the sink. Um, Well, I was going to get up on the roof and run it through the vent. Uh, that's, that's, That's a little more than you need because I think this is right at the fixture. Are you talking about a sink, John? Yes, in the kitchen. Yeah, don't do don't do the roof because that uh, snake that you put down that roof will go right past it. Because if you look underneath your kitchen cabinet, underneath that sink. You've got a pipe that comes out at a 90-degree angle, and then it comes out and goes into a P-trap, which is a squiggly-looking, looks like a sideways letter P. And that bend is there to to hold water so the sewer gases don't come from the pipe up into the house. I did both last time. I got up on the roof. It's a lot. It's two-inch lead from the T in the wall that goes up to a cast iron pipe that goes through the Roof. I ran a snake through there, and then I did it from the uh, took the P trap off and ran okay. through there, and, and luckily it went down the sewer, not up the vent. Yeah, yeah. There's a T right there. 
Yeah, well, I would do I would do your um, Ridex probably every day for a week. I mean, that'll cost you maybe four dollars. Um, yeah, you know, but do not do um, you know the liquid plumber. That is acid that will eat your cast iron. I mean, it loves okay. to eat eat iron. Okay, uh, you say use this uh, every day for a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah, I mean, generally, it's if you've got a problem, feed it because the more bacteria you have down there. I mean, this is the same stuff that lives in septic tanks. It's the same stuff right. that lives in our intestines that digest food. All it does is break down organic right. waste into other materials, and off it goes. So. Yeah, well, I did this a couple of years ago, and it's starting to slow down now. I probably haven't used that stuff in six months. Uh, but after I do this, uh, can I use it once a month maybe? And, yeah, perfect, uh, perfect. Just put a couple of tablespoons in there. And yeah, liquid form. With... Make sure you, you give it a chance to, to you know, dilute itself. Uh, it, it, right. You know, some goes into solution, meaning it disappears, and some goes into suspension, which means you still have, you know, a little bit of powder in the bottom of that water. but. Just dump right. it down the sink. I mean, you can drink the stuff. Please don't. There's nothing good about yeah. it. But, you know, okay. it's basically probiotic for plumbing pipes. Right. Should I, should I, can I leave it in there overnight? And oh, please do. The longer you leave it alone, then the more active that bacteria goes right in the bottom of that P-trap because you don't want okay. to flush it through. You want it right there. Okay. I think what I've been using was a couple of tablespoons to about 16 ounces of water. Perfect, perfect. And let it sit in there. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for bringing it forward, John. I think all of us. Okay, so now everybody all together, and it's not just the product Ridex. It is a it's septic tank bacterial injection, and, and just put it in your pipes, a little bit of chocolate milk, dump it down, each sink, shower, drain, toilet, whatever, and go to bed. Because all that stuff just grows and it will attack that grease. Um, some of the paraffin wax that left behind from shampoos and bar soap, stuff like that. So it's it's a cheap date for clean drains. All right. Thanks, John. Take care, brother. Home Improvement, right. Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, again, uh, wow, lumber prices. I can't believe I haven't spoken to that before. That's a big, big deal. Uh, as we get into so many things... And, you know, just the shape of the world under this whole COVID thing, uh, every country is getting more focused on supplying its own raw materials or how we deal with garnering and gathering and supplying to our own industries. So, uh, again, um, you know, this whole thing really just brought home and, and exacerbated or multiplied or made it worse, bigger, more acute uh, what materials we have and what industries we no longer, we don't make steel much anymore. That all comes from overseas. So what do you do with that? Okay, so steel is probably going to go up. We do have some local companies that are becoming stronger and stronger. Uh, forestry, all those forest products, materials, um, pretty much anything you buy in a big box store or a lumber yard, those prices have dramatically gone up or will continue. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. This is Scott Mosby. I'm on for about 20 more minutes, 25 more minutes. Cards take on the Astros down in Jupiter. Oh, you know what the temperature is for Jupiter, Florida? I'll tell you when we come back here on Camwax. Eat your heart out, Camwax. It's Jupiter, Florida. Boy. All right, Scott, down boy. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. I'll be right back. 
Cardinal Spring Training is underway in Jupiter, Florida. And KMOX's Mike Claiborne is covering it all. Hear his daily reports, mornings and afternoons, and on Cardinal's Open Line. Sponsored in part by Norm's Bargain Barn and Wilkie Windows. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. <laughs> Moonwalk. Oh, you got to see the producer, James. He he rocked out when I'll tell you what. All right, everybody. Classroom, what is the temperature in Jupiter, Florida right now? Whoa, a lot of hands went up. Oh, sunglasses? Sunscreen? Huh. All right, got one for you. That's 77 degrees, partly cloudy. All right, next question. All right, students, let's see how well you're paying attention here. What is the chance of rain in Jupiter? Eh, nope, nope, not 4%, too high. Not three, not too high. <laughs> 2% chance of rain in Duke, Jupiter, Florida. <laughs> All right, Scott, get back to it. Do your thing. All right, we're going to go talk to Linda. Hey, Linda, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. Scott Mosby here. I'll adjust my medication, be ready in just a moment. <laughs> How can I help you? <laughs> well, Scott, I have never had this problem before, but after all this rain, the fourth day of this heavy rain, I have condensation on the inside of my windows. Ah. Yeah. Describe and inside a window. Is it? Can you put your finger on it and wipe yeah. it, or is it in between the panes? No, 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 no. It's it's inside. I don't have um, storm sash on. Okay. Some of these windows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inside. Yep. Not a problem. And I put. Um, I turned my furnace fan on. Mm-hmm. Good or bad? Uh, good. Always okay. good. Always good. Okay. But do you have a humidifier on your furnace? No. Okay. Well, what's happening is it's just wet in the air. So outside, it's very wet. You open the doors and windows, ambient air comes in. So it is very humid inside your house. Last night, it got very cold. That glass got unusually cold. So it's warm and moist and a cold piece of glass. So what happens to your iced tea glass in the summertime when you have ice and tea? Mm -hmm. So it's just condensation there, Linda. It's not a big deal. Uh, okay. Especially if you don't have insulated glass because it just, you know, all, it, the dew point, you know what they talk about on TV yeah. and the news and the weather yeah. and all? That, the dew point is all we're talking about, the temperature at which water moves from water vapor into droplet water form. That's a combination of humidity and temperature. You get it cold enough and, and humid enough, you can make anything condense. Even, well, even, uh, even up in space they had that issue. Does it help to um, keep the temperature in the house down or, sh- or to increase the temperature in the house? Increase the temperature. Increase the temperature. Yeah. As okay, you and- raise temperature, you raise the dew point because you're, you're keeping it too warm, which basically warms up that cold glass. And okay. if you close your blinds, then you separate the heat inside the house and the glass will get even colder. You'll have more condensation, more, right. more water. I, well, I have a, a register, heat register, right under this picture window. Yep. And um, I I get up every morning and I can't even see outside. Yeah. And But um, I was researching it because I couldn't wait till Saturday to talk to you. And um, they said house plants don't keep them by your window. Sure. And I had two huge house plants, and I thought, well, they're right at the window. And they're very happy, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they're not very happy now because I took them out to the garage. Oh, wowzer. Whoa, a <laughs> little culture shock there. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I figure, well, it is what it is. If they don't survive, that's okay. They said, get them away from the window, so I did. Well, you can still have them in the window, and and frankly, the droplets on the glass are, are not a big deal. It will go away, and the reason your register, your your forced air uh, heat register, is right in front of the window is that's the way we design it because we know the glass is going to get cold. Okay. So we call it washing the windows. Okay. So if you have a supply under a window, your return vent, which is the vacuum that sucks it back in, that'll be inside on that interior wall. If you have supplies on the inside, your returns will be on the outside wall, and that's washing or bathing the room from one side to the other, trying to get the air to move the whole box inside that room. So if I kept the heat up and kept the blinds opened at night... Yep. I probably wouldn't have this issue. Right. And you can move your, your plants back there that just not quite so close, um, you know, move them back 12, 16 inches. But they still, they're more humid, so you'll have higher relative humidity around those plants. Okay. But, but that's okay. I mean, you okay. know, it's like complaining because we have water droplets after we dry off in the shower. Well, it's still hot and humid in that yeah. bathroom. So, you know, we just can't dry off. It's too high humidity. Okay. I feel much better now after talking with you. Yeah, nothing's wrong there, Linda. Okay. This is, uh, this is the laws of physics. Okay. Thank right. you very much. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Home improvement. Let's see who else has been waiting. Scott Mosby here, home improvement, CamWex. All right, Jay, here's one. Hey, Jay, good morning. How you doing, brother? Good. How you doing, Scott? Fantastic. Um, Always some days better than others. I'm going to ask you about mold on drywall, but my grandpa always told me when I was little, I don't know who he heard it from, some industry expert, but he said there are enough trees in the state of Oregon to rebuild the United States and still have wood left. Yeah, but there aren't too many foresters left that are still in business cutting them. Okay. <laughs> That's a problem. That's the problem. Yeah, lumber prices got so low that we just couldn't compete because, you know, of how we go about doing it. And it, you know, we basically, just like steel, it became cheaper to, you know, offshore supply the U.S., and that's how it happened. I'm getting ready to do a little drywall project down in my family room, and where the wall and the ceiling join, I have a kind of a a heightened ceiling, you know, a cathedral Mm -hmm. ceiling a little bit. I had a bad gutter out uh, in front of a door there, and it leaked in through the roof and came in. A couple years ago, I noticed some black mold or some mold growing on the inside of my house Mm -hmm. in my, you know, where the interior is. I went up there a couple years ago and got some, spritzed it with some bleach. Mm -hmm. It's never come back. I'm going to go up there today and after two years and finally patch that up. Do I need to rip a lot of that drywall out today? Uh, You will know. anything... Huh? It's just like rust on a car. You'll know when you get there. If it's solid drywall, any loose tape, loose paper, mealy drywall, which means, you know, it'll scrape out just, you know, like dusty stuff. But if it's solid and hard, you're fine. And I think you're going to find that it's probably pretty solid and hard. Once you stop that water source from the outside coming in there, Jay, you're, you're excuse me, almost home free because then it just becomes a cosmetic tape finish sand prime paint you're good to go okay i just didn't want to encapsulate and do all this work and then a year or two later i got i got a mold problem and i didn't even know it when i could have dealt with it today you know yeah don't worry the mold is not your issue it's the mealy drywall and bad uh drywall tape you know that once it gets wet that stuff gives up and you need to cut Uh that out and remove it like rust on uh, you know fixing a a steel table on the patio or something and when i'm putting new tape on i'm going to use better tape than the old central hardware crap that was you know that, that <laughs> paper stuff thin stuff i use this good stuff from 
a professional drywall company. Yeah, yeah. If I get if I get into if the tape is good, can I just take my Exacto knife and cut and then at, go from there, or should I take the whole piece off? No, no. Your Exacto knife is exactly. You just need solid and secure. So you and, and run your new tape over the old one. So take your Exacto, cut out the bad stuff. So on the left and the right, you'll have solid mud, you know, and and tape on those sides. And just scrape it a little bit with your Jiffy knife. You'll you'll know when it's good. But lap that new tape over by at least half an inch on both ends because you need to tape the even the butt joints of tape to tape. You see what I mean? I was going to remove the old anything that was loose. I was going to remove that old cheap tape and put better tape. Yep, that's in correct. Place. That's correct. Okay. But, but you'll get some place along that wall where you run into good tape. Just make sure your new tape laps over that end to end a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, oh I know what you mean. Yeah. At the ends overlap yes, them a couple inches and yeah. then mud over. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yep. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Hey, remember, you're going to have – there are two kinds of uh, primer. When you go to paint that, use a raw primer that seals that drywall, which is a little different than normal primer on, on wall paint. Uh, so make sure you prime it after it dries securely and you're Oh, done I was going to do that, but I was just going to use like a kilt product, a kilt that, yeah, you know, latex. That, that'll work. That'll work. I didn't know if it had to be specific drywall primer, you know. No, no, just okay. really uh, my message is uh, you're, you're, you're probably not going to have any issue with the mold because the black stuff will come off with the loose drywall. And, you know, you might want to wear a mask and protect yourself a little bit just because you're not sure what your tolerance is. But, you know, unless you had that problem going on and it was dripping water for a year, you probably didn't get into some nasty mold. Yeah, well, once I sprayed it with that bleach, I never saw mold ever come back. It's been a year and a half, two years. Nice, nice. So, I think you got it going. killed it. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll uh, prosecute you for mold murder later. Uh, that'll be oh, next week's yeah. agenda. How's that? Good, good. All right, Jay. See ya. Thank you. Take Thanks for the call. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Go Cards. Cards versus the Astros coming up 1155 today. Stay tuned for more. Uh, let's see what's happening with my buddy Derek. Hey, Derek, Scott Mosby here. How can I help you this morning? Good. How are you, Mr. Mosby? I'm doing great. Good. Hey, I have a few questions. I have a few doors I'm kind of in the middle of my house that I've been having issues closing, uh, mainly in warmer weather. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's because my doors are expanding and can, uh, you know, restricting in the winter. Um, is there any way to, I guess, fix that besides trimming or sanding down the top or bottoms of my door? Well, it's the, it's the tolerance. You probably have some movement in the floor framing. This is a it's a good topic. Um, most doors shrink in the winter so they don't bind and stick but what happens is you also shrink the wood floor structure all this lumber price i've been talking about that's all the floor joists the subfloor hardwood floors uh underlayment all that stuff shrinks but what happens is it starts moving a little bit because you know so your your framing your foundation might have moved a little bit especially on exterior doors is where they pinch so if you've got a movement on the inside of your house you may want to check into that a little bit from a structural movement issue the foundation okay foundation or beam yeah i was gonna say i do have a crawl space and then right around those areas where the doors are my I have a, a drop off that even goes a little probably about a foot or two even deeper as far as a crawl space goes. So yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah, you're right. I probably need to check underneath the yeah. I, I'd look you know, at check that. the foundation, make sure stuff didn't shift around or 
Yeah. Anything and and like then that. just trim your doors so your margins are even all the way around. And in the, you know, most homes move uh, winter to summer. Um, so that's not a problem when doors become a little more sticking than others. You just have to understand why. Is this expansion and contraction from temperature? Is this humidity? Or do I have a structural issue I need to call Helitech, you know? No, I gotcha. Yeah, I, um, I bought a, you know, uh, a, you know, a gauge that checks for humidity, and I put it around the house a couple of different places, and it averaging probably around 40 yeah. or so. I mean, is that? Yeah, that's good. Okay. That's good. It's right. hard in the winter time when we're pouring the coal on, you know, we're running those furnaces. It's hard to get 40%. And that's actually a little bit high. I'm I'm surprised you're that high. You may have a really humid crawl space. The next step for you may be, you know, get down Derek in the crawl space, see if you can run a dehumidifier, check for water uh or okay. improve something down there. But if it's really wet in the crawl space and you're drying it out in the winter like we did January, February even now, uh you know, okay. with the heat system you may have one side of the lumber really wet and one side of that same board really dry on the top part where your floor you see what okay. i mean so you can be yeah. you can induce with that disparity of of humidity you know some pretty funky wood movement okay yeah i'll check into that and um yeah well, i appreciate your help thank you so much god bless all right thank you take care thanks for being part of the home improvement show and the family of KMOX. Let's see what else we've got. Okay, Charlotte. Hey, Charlotte. Scott Mosby. Good morning. How can I help? Good morning. Um, I live in a 55-year-old house, and I need to replace the concrete driveway. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of information do I need in order to choose good concrete that's not going to deteriorate quickly? Uh, This is kind of like outrunning the bear. You know, it's like, well, I don't really need to outrun the bear. I just need to outrun you. So in that issue, it's a person-to-person issue. In this concrete thing, it's unlikely you're going to get smart enough to specify your own concrete. This is a employee interview process where you're looking for something that somebody you can trust and ask them enough questions. Do they know? uh, Ask them that question and say, how would you specify this concrete and how would you build my driveway? Tell me exactly what you do step by step and they'll walk you through all that. You'll learn pretty quickly uh, because down in the first six feet down by the street where delivery trucks too heavy for your driveway, they turn in and they back in and they turn around. So basically we like to see the apron, the front 10 feet of the driveway to have extra steel reinforcing and then normally a normal mesh coming down the driveway. Some people have fiber mesh, but uh, basically for your concrete, you'd be 3,000 to 3,500. The higher the number, the stronger the concrete, Charlotte. Uh, And then just ask them about how they go about doing it. And then uh, let's hear whether or not they focus on the subgrade because it's kind of like painting. You know, how much will it cost to paint my house? Well, I can have your house painted tomorrow, but I won't do any cleaning. I won't do any prepping and I won't repair anything. I'm just going to blow paint over the top of the old stuff. Well, that's a cheap paint, you know, so, but Oh, oh, you want this to last 10 years. All right, now I need to power wash. I need to scrape. I need to patch. I need to fix some cracks. I need to replace some nails. You know, so likewise, the dirt and the gravel underneath that driveway is as important or more important than the concrete. You follow what I mean? Yes. If the soil, if the earth does not support the gravel under the concrete, your concrete will break. If you properly 
compact the gravel and the soil underneath that driveway, be it asphalt or concrete, uh, you're going to wind up with a good solid uh, driveway, you know? And so much, and how much gravel and so forth should I be, should I? More is uh, better. More is better. No less than three, four inches. All right. Hey, Charlotte, thanks for the call. Uh, Just trust your gut. You'll know it when people know what they're talking about. We're going to the cards in the Astros, Jupiter, Florida, 77 degrees.